0: I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. Good morning, welcome. Good morning and welcome to those of you who are on Zoom and at home. Uh, we are finishing a retreat that was entitled The Art of Coming Undone, The Buddhist Teachings on How to Fall Apart. Uh, this was just a day-long retreat, and it was a very nice format, What um, we've done a couple of times in the beginning of um, the COVID pandemic, and I think we're going to explore doing them more. Uh, it was three hours Uh, Saturday morning, and then three hours Saturday afternoon, and probably the best turnout that we've had for the whole retreat from the people who were practicing at home and on Zoom. It was just a day long, yet we packed it full of teachings, teachings exploring identity, the nature of the self, no fixed self, and impermanence flux we wanted to explore and highlight together that we sit, stand, walk, lie down, live our lives as human beings in this paradox of becoming and unbecoming, becoming and undoing, being created and being destroyed, that conditions, people, relationships, events come together and then separate. Like our retreat yesterday was a coming together of a particular group of people who've never been together in that particular configuration, and then now dissolved. Probably never to come together, together in that same way again. So from one perspective, this changing nature of existence, like I just said, is obvious. We know that when we have a birthday party, certain people will come and then it will be over and dissolve. We are co-conspirators in this. We're constantly participating in it. Change allows a child to be born, a relationship to mature, learning, growth to happen, sickness to be healed, children to grow up, advancements to happen in careers, food to be digested, vacations to be enjoyed, friendships to deepen, seasons to change flowers to bloom, phases of the moon, sleep and wakefulness, and on and on and on. Every, really, right, every aspect of our life is this motion, is this evolution. We know that we are in flux. And this flux isn't just happening in the so-called external world situations of our lives, but also in our own minds and bodies, right? Our ideas about the world change. Our musical tastes change, hopefully. (laughs) What is worth putting our life energy into has changed throughout our lives. Our moods change, hopefully. (laughs) The way that the body feels from day to day changes, right? I mean, even from moment to moment, sitting in a meditation period, there can be that gradual, ah, my knee, my knee, my knee, and then you get up for kinhen and where's the pain? (laughs) That different people in our lives bring out different energies and voices within ourselves, different relationships, nurture uh, different aspects of ourselves, that the different roles and responsibilities that we have in our lives nurture and bring out uh, different skills um, and parts of ourselves. So if change is so obvious and necessary for life, why is it one of the core Buddhist teachings? Buddha said that impermanence, change is one of the marks of existence that we should study and know deeply. What does it mean to really appreciate the fluxing, mutable, mercurial nature of existence of ourselves, others, and the world? Why is some change easy to accept, like a lot of the changes that I listed, right, Or easy to accept? Easy to accept that a child's going to be born... After a pregnancy, easy to accept that we grow older, maybe. Easy to accept that children grow up. But why do other changes send us into despair? What is that about? And perhaps that is part of the reason why the Buddha emphasized the study of change. Pema Children calls this insight into impermanence and change the fundamental ambiguity of being human. Kind of mouthful, but I like it. That while we are constantly experiencing flux and change, there is also an experience of continuity. What is it that appears to hold things together? As we live our lives in time, in constant flux, which we can come to appreciate, and this is another beautiful aspect of the practice of meditation, mindfulness, Buddhism, is we could come to appreciate through our attention the greater and greater levels of subtlety within this constant flux, constant change. But also, we intuit the timeless. And perhaps even as non-practitioners, we intuit the timeless. What is constant? And we are actually experiencing both change and timelessness simultaneously. And maybe that's why Pema Chodron calls it the fundamental ambiguity of being human. Are we divine? Are we changing? Are we this timeless wholeness that we know at the depths? Or are we this fluctuating, moody, body-aching, body-fine being? Or are we all of it? Are we the heartache and the equanimity? Mm, The philosopher uh, Hannah Arendt um, made this observation. She did some study on St. Augustine's view of love and eternity. And uh, this is what she says, and then I'll read St. Augustine. The now is what measures time backwards and forwards. And now here is capitalized. The now is what measures time backwards and forwards. Because the now, strictly speaking, is not time but outside time. In the now, past and future meet. For a fleeting moment, they are simultaneous so that they can be stored up by memory, which remembers things past and holds the expectation of things to come. For a fleeting moment, the temporal now, it is as though time stands still. For a fleeting moment, which she's calling the temporal now, it is as though time stands still. And it is this now that becomes Augustine's model for eternity. So says St. Augustine, who will hold the heart and fix it so that it may stand still for a little while, and catch for a moment the splendor of eternity which stands still forever. And compare this with temporal moments that never stand still, and see that it is incomparable, but that all this, that all this while in the eternal. Nothing passes, but the whole is present. Dogen Zenji says it this way. The way the self arrays itself is the form of the entire world. The way the self arrays itself is the form of the entire world. That's one of my favorite lines by Dogen Zenji. Each See each thing in this entire world as a moment of time. See each thing in this entire world as a moment of time. Things do not hinder one another, just as moments do not hinder one another. Things do not hinder one another. Is that true in your experience? just as moments do not hinder one another. Since there is nothing but just this moment, the time being is all there is. Each moment is all being, is the entire world. Reflect now whether any being or any world is left out of the present moment. Here, Dogen is able to bring those two together to reconcile the changing nature of reality and the timeless, not being exclusive to each other, something we can know and live in. To exist both in the timeless and as time, both infinite and fleeting, is another almost irreconcilable paradox. It can be uprooting, unnerving. The Greeks saw human beings as restless, constantly changing, subject to their flexing emotions and thoughts. Stillness was a quality of the gods. Humans who possess some degree of stillness were seen as being of two worlds. Stillness, which we come to know in meditation, or you could call stillness, meditation, attention, awareness, allows us to begin to get present to this apparent paradox the apparent paradox of timelessness and time, infinity and fleeting, eternal and change. In meditation, we become the now, nowness. Sometimes taking the perspective of stillness, we can see the fleeting nature of thoughts, emotions, body sensations, sounds, the play of light and shadow. I'd like to explore with you, all of us together, um, a simple meditation that is an assay of some of the meditations we explored yesterday, just to give you a flavor. So please um, take up a posture of relative stillness and begin to recognize the stillness within the posture. So connect to the deep stillness within the body. Perhaps root and anchor the body in the present moment by feeling the sensations of the body being supported by the floor. Or if you're sitting on a chair or bench or cushion, sinking in. And taking a couple deep breaths, deep inhalation and full exhalation. Imagine breathing into the earth. And as you do this, connect to a feeling of stillness. Become aware of the stillness within the body. Be this stillness, presence, And as stillness, be aware, become aware of the changing sensations of the breath. Bring your attention to the flow of breath sensations. Experiencing the whole body breathing. The whole body moving as it breathes. stillness, aware of the flow of breath sensations. Now be the breath, be the flow of sensations. Enter more completely into this flow. I invite you to do a figure ground reversal and look back at the one who is aware. Let go of the breath and become aware of the one who is aware. Be awareness itself, pure presence, alert, awake, centerless now. your awareness, just naturally open and include the space of the room. Allow the senses to be naturally open. And allow sounds, colors, body sensations, thoughts, feeling tone to arise in your awareness, allowing sensations to appear transform, evolve, disappear as they do. Relaxing the one who is in control and allowing experience to just happen, trusting experience to just happen. being the movement of the whole universe arising in you, arising as you. let go Then let your eyes close if they aren't already let go of any attempt to make something happen to be someone to be something to even be the one who is aware relax let go Me, nothing in particular. Empty, empty, empty. And then take a deep breath. Open your eyes, take in light. If you like, you can move the body a little bit. Come back to life. This is an interesting exploration you can do to explore different apparent paradoxes. In Zen practice, we can try on different perspectives and know for ourselves experientially, get tastes of uh, different ways of viewing reality, being in reality. So we can be impermanence, a fluxing, changing nature, can be the breath completely, Or even an intimation of what that's like, being the flow of life, paying attention, tending to the changing nature. And then we can take the perspective of stillness, presence, nowness, letting our awareness fill the now, here and tend to attend to that bright alertness of our own being, our own mind. And we can hold them both, which we're always doing. Aware and changing. Stillness and moving, functioning together seamlessly. And we can be neither. This is one of Chosen Roshi's formulas that I think is derived from Rinzai's four positions, that with any paradox, and this is especially relevant in our consensus reality, relative lives, with any argument, any time we feel ourselves in argument with ourselves or with another, to take up the perspective of being your side completely, and then the other side completely? And then can you hold both views, both sides? And then can you drop it all and be nothing? Be the spaciousness from which all of those ideas and concepts and desires to be right or wrong arise from. This is the art of coming undone. Coming undone to our own storylines, our own righteousness, our own inner criticism. Coming undone to the ways that we only take the position of separation. Coming undone to that strategy of separation. I am like this. I'm not like that. Whenever the mind is doing something like that, and it is that simple, you know, most of my thoughts are really that childish. <laughs> I am this. I'm not that. Won't do that. I don't do that. Whenever the mind is doing something, holding something in that kind of way, setting up some great dichotomy, some great argument? What if we stopped and stepped into both and? Or stepped into these four positions? What if we were willing to be, feel, experience all the things that we think we aren't? Both the beautiful and the grotesque. All within this insight into impermanence no fixed self. So to give up our position and step into another's position doesn't mean that position is right or more right or we're going to lose ourselves and become demonic or do really awful things because they're both empty, actually. So stepping into both and then neither. Neither. That's a really important one. To be able to just let it all go. Be the spacious, unbecoming, pure potential energy. That gives birth to all form and is Prajnaparamita, wisdom beyond wisdom, so also gives birth to new ways of seeing and being, perspectives that weren't in our original dichotomy greater wisdom. And then can we come back from being nothing, being pure potential energy, and be both of the perspectives at once, let them both have their truths, and see that maybe there are even more truths, right? So, those of you who are familiar with the work of Byron Katie, this is the practice of the turnarounds. So if you have a belief in a particular situation, say I have this um, situation where I feel like someone was unskillful, and I've been walking around just kind of telling myself that story, he was unskillful, then you would try on in that situation the turnaround, which one of them would be I was unskillful and see if that was, she always says, see if that is as true or truer as the original statement. So it does not negate the original statement, it just opens it up. And then you find three concrete examples of how the turnaround could be as true or truer, just so grounded in reality, which is important when we're, working, when we're doing this work of trying on the other side like really try it on and find three concrete examples how that could be true, that perspective could be true. Which is then trying on the both and. He was unskillful and I was unskillful. We both co-created this situation together. Doing this allows space for all apparent conflicts to be resolved, allows space for it. And if we only want our side to be true, we actually divorce ourselves of our autonomy. We cut ourselves off from the freedom to have multiple perspectives, to live a rich life. And we just become smaller and smaller in our isolated beliefs of how things should be, how others should be, which cuts off our ability to act and respond with compassion. So to come undone is also to recognize that we are constantly being created. As Dogen Zenji says, the way the self arrays itself is the form of the entire world. We, me, you, Trees, grasses, walls are constantly being created. Each moment, an act of creation. It is amazing to me to have lived here at the monastery. It's been over a decade now, and we do relatively the same thing every day. And still it feels new, and it actually feels more new than it did five years ago if I really can remember or compare, but it, does. it seems to, time seems to go faster now than it did when I first came here. Which to me could only mean that attention and awareness brings richness and depth to life. That we can come to know presence more thoroughly, stillness more thoroughly alertness more thoroughly. And we could come to know absence more thoroughly, the spaciousness of being. And we can come to know the beauty of the changing human heart and the changing nature of self and world more thoroughly and appreciate it. And so all three of those aspects of reality bring a depth and richness to life no matter what kind of life we're living. A life where you do the same thing every day. And what does that even mean? And a life where you do many different things every day. So I'd like to close with... I've been also just appreciating gifts and um, this is a gift from Lucia who left. It's a poem, a poetry book called The Legacy of Beginning by Kim Stafford. And I want to start back with the beginning. And I love the apparent paradox of that. A legacy implies time and ancientness and and then it's also a beginning the legacy of beginning people who begin to know the buddha will apprehend in each person each place each encounter the visible the invisible the secret and the deeply secret to raise a child to understand a dream, to care for a place, to know a river, one must attend to these four ways. Study the visible. Apprentice yourself to the invisible. Live in such a way as to deserve the secret. And prepare for the moment when, in spite of all you have done, or not done, learned or not learned, you may, as a splinter in the heart of fire, be welcomed into the holy flame of the deeply secret. To begin, behold this beauty of the visible. mm